0: And we're going to read a couple of scriptures that talk about our heart condition and what it takes to receive and experience the revival of God that's coming into the earth. We can walk in our personal revival every day, right? That's our personal fire. There's coming upon the earth, the fire that comes from heaven that man cannot shut down, that man cannot... Say yes to or no to. He can't stop it. He can't deny it. There are sovereign moves of God that hit the earth in waves. Amen? And throughout history, we can study the history of God's spirit moving in the earth, and we see these waves, whoops, wave after wave after wave of the glory of God coming upon the earth and forever changing the course of history, forever changing hearts, forever changing nations. Right? That's what we want. Right? If we don't want that, then we don't, we don't understand what's going on. (laughs) We don't understand the purpose of Jesus Christ coming to the earth because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all didn't say Democrats, Republicans only, or, you know, or this nation or this ethnic group or this, you know, the rich or the poor. He said he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a knowledge, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so that is God's heart. And so we prepare our hearts to align with His desires and His heart. Let's look at this verse of scripture. Matthew 5 verse 6. It's one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. Blessed are they which do hunger. Everybody say hunger. hunger. And thirst. Say thirst. Hunger. After righteousness. For they shall be filled. This is a powerful promise, isn't it? This is a powerful promise of God. God's not messing around. God isn't playing games. God isn't giving us some type of discount Holy Spirit. God isn't giving us the, you know, the T.J. Max Ross version of, of the Holy Spirit, right? He's given us the absolute best, the absolute top of the line, the most precious, most valuable gift that any man, woman, or child could ever receive breathing breath is the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. And we receive more and more manifestation of His goodness and His presence in the form of His manifested Spirit when we hunger and we thirst for righteousness. If we will hunger and we will thirst, we shall be filled. Woo! <laughs> this is good news. <laughs> this is good news. Why? Because as vessels, as human clay pot vessels living this life, we leak. You've heard that before, right? We leak. We, we leak what is put inside us. We should pour out what we get. That's how it should leave us is by pouring it out till we're empty. But in the course of life, we leak and we need more. We don't just get filled with the Holy Spirit once. Somebody say amen. (laughs) We don't just get filled with the Holy Spirit one time. Not at all. It's a constant filling, isn't it? Be filled or be in the state of being filled and being filled and being refilled and filled again and filled some more. And never stop hungering for more. Never be satisfied. And it's a good thing. It's okay with God. It's okay with the Father to say, no, no, I, I really want some more of that. Yeah. It's kind of like if the kid, you know, the grandkids or the children come into the kitchen and they reach in the cookie jar, they grab, you let them have a cookie and then they run off and they eat it in th- three seconds and then they come back and they want more. And you say, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, you, you, you'll spoil your supper. Yeah. You can't have any. You can have one later. You can have some later. That's called rationing. And that's not right in the things of the Spirit. God is not like that. The Father doesn't put a lid on His cookie jar. The Father doesn't put a lid on the honey pot. You know, like Winnie the Pooh. He's always looking for another smackerel of honey. Well, we don't have... The the, the kitchen is never closed. The, the source of His goodness never stops. And I preached a message many years ago talking about staying under the spout where the glory comes out. Have you ever heard that that term, the spout where the glory comes out? I think it's an old-time term, but it's a good one. It's kind of like, picture yourself, you know, a garden hose faucet, and you turn on the the spigot, and water comes out, you know? Back back where my sister and I and my brother grew up in Indiana, you know, you'd have a, uh, we had a little swimming pool, I remember that, And, you know, it was one of those, it didn't have a filter, it just fills up with water. And after a week or two, it started turning colors. And then after uh, a little while longer, all of a sudden, movement began to happen in this, in this pool. And all of a sudden, we look in this thing and there's these little, these weird little creatures were like twitching sideways. Called them twitchy bugs. They were actually, I learned later, they were mosquito larvae, <laughs> growing in stagnant water. Right, and so in the things of God, we cannot afford to let ourselves grow stagnant. We can't afford to think that the water we got a year ago is okay and good enough because it's not. I'm not saying the things of God go bad. I'm just saying, we leak. And we are the ones, we are the ones that grow stagnant. Our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, our desires can be misdirected by the lack of flowing water. Incoming deluge of water. Incoming amounts and quantities of the the rivers of heaven. The water of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, I give you water that, and you drink the water I give you, and you'll never thirst. Right? He told the woman at the well. Yeah. He said the same thing. Uh, you know, come and drink of me, and out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water, not puddles, right? Not little, not little tin cups. Rivers. So as we cry out and we hunger and we thirst, we are filled. And filled. And filled. So it's, I call it staying under the spout where the glory comes out. So, you take, you take a dog dish, a big dog dish for an outside dog, and you know, you fill it with water, and if you leave it sit like that swimming pool for a while, it's gonna have those little twitchy bugs in it. By the way, those little twitchy bugs, what they relate to in our lives, if we grow stagnant, twitchy bugs is the lack of the fruit of the Spirit. Right? So stuff starts growing. Stuff that you don't want uh starts coming alive, like uh, fleshly tendencies. Uh our our hearts and our attitudes become fleshly and carnal and we start lashing out at people, we start acting the wrong way, we act unchrist like, right? That's those twitchy bugs going off. If you got twitchy bug symptoms, that means there's not enough fresh water in there. That means it's been too long. Since you were refreshed by the, the word of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We don't need twitchy bugs, right? We don't need that. So you, you take a dog dish and you turn on that spigot into that dog dish. There aren't going to be any mosquito lar- larvae allowed to even uh, begin life in that bowl because there's always fresh water pouring into it. Amen. That's what God wants to do to us. He wants us to always enjoy a daily, fresh outpouring of His Spirit. Daily, fresh quantities of water. Staying under that spout where the glory comes out. How do you do that? That sounds great, but how do you do that? Abiding, Abiding in Him. Filling, saturating our mind and our heart with His Word. And then the Bible says that praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Stirring up the things of the Spirit. Praying, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Building yourself, strengthening yourself, refreshing yourself, stirring yourself up on your faith, on the on the rock-solid truth of knowing what you have and what belongs to you from His Holy Word. And praying in the Spirit, in agreement with God's promises. And guess what? You start strengthening yourself. You get built up praying in the Holy Ghost. That's staying under the spout where the glory comes out. Smith Wigglesworth said in his testimony, and you read his books and things. He never went more than fifteen minutes in his life during his day without praying in tongues, without praying in the Holy Ghost. Never went more than a fifteen-minute span. Have you heard that one before? You know, as you read read read, read his biographies, autobiographies, biographies, or whatever they whatever they are, the accounts of his life. He he was always praying in the Spirit. He relied on the power that flowed through him, the power of the Holy Spirit that was available to him. This is what the Lord is after in us. He didn't just save us, get our feet stabilized as believers, to just sit around and do nothing. So in other words, Smith Wigglesworth was constantly refilling. He was topping off his tank every 15 minutes. Topping off the tank. Topping off the tank. God, I need more. And you, we can study, I don't have the scriptures in front of me here, but you know the, you know the scriptures that talk about how that when we don't know what to pray for as we should, the Holy Spirit prays through us. Praise the adequate prayers. Praise perfect prayers. Praise the will of God through us. When we don't know what to pray, we pray in the Spirit. It's awesome. The Spirit who knows the mind of the Father prays through us the very will of God. No wonder he prayed. No wonder Smith Wigglesworth prayed in the Spirit every few minutes. Absolutely. Because he would be the first to admit, I don't know what's going on. You know, people would come to him that needed miracles and what do you need? <laughs> and, and they say, "Oh, I'm, I got you know, I've got a huge, huge cancerous tumor sticking out here. Be healed!" <laughs> Punch him in the stomach, and and it would go away. The one story I like was the if you've read any of this or heard of the testimonies, or the the time that he was having some meeting somewhere, and um, and a doctor brought a dying cancer patient on a hospital bed into the meeting, into the the. The gospel meeting that Smith Wigglesworth was conducting, <laughs> and he he finally got around to, to the man on the stretcher, and you know he, he said, "What's up?" That's so his English, strange little English accent. "What's up? What's up with you? What's going on?" And the doctor said, "He's he's in whatever. He's he doesn't have long to live. He's dying. He's going to be dead any time now." You know, he was just like checking his pulse, and he was like going to die, and so. He punched him in the stomach. And I'm not saying that's that's everybody's ministry. That was a unique thing. But hey, it, God used it. He punched him in the stomach and the guy flopped back on the bed and the doctor said, you killed him. You Have you heard this story? You killed him. And the guy's laying there, you know, and he says, he's, Smith Wigglesworth walks off. He says, he's healed. And he goes on and prays for other people. What? He said... After a few minutes, he's going down the prayer line, praying for people. And here's the guy that was on the bed that supposedly he killed, was up and dancing and jumping and shouting. And you had one of those stupid hospital gowns with the back end open with nothing, you know, just the hospital And he's just praising the Lord. He's completely healed and alive. And the place goes nuts. And Smith Wigglesworth just looked like, acted like it was totally normal. So God is stretching us and calling us to go beyond just being content in and of ourselves as believers. (laughs) He's wanting us to be desperate for his presence to manifest in the earth all around us. And he wants to use us and we don't have, it's not, it's the pressure's not on us. The pressure, there is no pressure. It is our place to simply learn to yield to His Spirit. It's a laying down. It's a dying to. It's a yielding. It's a restful, peaceful thing to move with the Holy Spirit. It's not this worked up, lathered up thing that may happen at times, but the real true pathway is to be so consumed with his presence and his voice and his goodness and to know him and to seek him, it begins to transform us. And when we're transformed, then everything and everybody around us, gets transformed, begins to be transformed. We don't go into the dollar general store and just get some, a few groceries or a few items. Something happens. People sense some, the presence of God in the store or around you. Or they ask you some kind of question. I had lunch today with a, with a businessman and (laughs) all, the first thing out of his mouth was, I believe in aliens. (laughs) And he's this real nice guy, you know. And, and I, I, it took me off guard. I'm going, what is this? What is this? Why is he telling me this? Why would he even think of this to tell me? But God had it set up for him to start talking about that. And I used to study aliens and UFOs and, you know, the supernatural, stupid stuff, paranormal stuff back when I was in school, back in, as, a, as a teenager. And once I got born again, and started studying the Word of God, I found out, you know, God made man in His image, not some alien weird shape. And then I, as I further studied, I, I realized, you know what, any of the supernatural manifestation stuff that looks like it's this or looks like it's that, those are demonic, demonic manifestations. They're supernatural and they're real, all right. He was talking about, as a kid, riding in his car with his parents in in another country where he grew up, and... There's this light started following them in their car, you know, like you've heard these stories of alien encounters, and and the light comes over their car, and their car shuts down just like you see on TV. You've heard the stories and seen the movies. And he said, as a little kid, that you know it was, it was real, it was, it was actually happening, and I believe that. But so I was able to to share my testimony how the Lord got a hold of my life and and begin to tell him you know, the word of God showed me this, and, and I studied, and the Word of God revealed this to me, and I, that I believe aliens are demonic spirits. Then we, and then we started talking about other Bible stories and things, and it was just an open conversation. And I believe God has more doors for me to, to be able to speak with Him in the future, that God's beginning to work a relationship with us. So as we're filled with His Spirit, as we stay under the spout where the glory comes out, we're transformed And it begins to affect the atmosphere around us. It begins to actually affect people's minds. It affects their thinking. Thoughts will pop into their heads like, I think I'm going to tell them about my alien story. There was no good reason for that topic to even come up. But the Holy Ghost gets involved, right? So God is going to use us no matter what our abilities or what we think our abilities are. As we hunger and we thirst, he will transform us and we will begin to change the atmosphere around us and be able to see others transformed. Then the other part of this that we want to talk about tonight <clears throat> briefly is the fact that as God's people tune their antennas towards the Lord and the scripture, you know, if my people are, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and cry out, repent turn from their wicked ways i will heal their land as we turn our hearts and our hunger and our desire towards god like a big satellite dish antenna then what we do is we become receptacles we become receivers of the glory and the presence of god i want to read you one more scripture here and you can follow along if you want but second corinthians chapter 3 this this is such a powerful verse of scripture second corinthians chapter 3 so good are you there? I'll give you another minute. Most of you are there this is there's so much in this in these couple of verses in uh verse seventeen and eighteen now the the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That's a powerful verse right there. but then it goes on, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's some powerful stuff right there. As we seek the face of God, and you, you can see the face of God in His Word, and then you see His face in the Spirit. You seek his face. Just think about it for a minute. Sometimes we have different pictures of how we imagine God looks like or who he is or how we relate to him. But you know what? It's such a pure relationship thing when you seek somebody's face. When you look at someone eye to eye, when you look people in the eye, you look at them face to face. It's That's the most pure connection right there. You know what I mean? And so as we seek the face of Jesus, the face of the father, we're transformed into his likeness. Whoo! This is good stuff. And I want to jump back to the first part of this, the verse 17, the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty or freedom or victory or dominion over darkness or transforming, miracle-working power. Where is the Spirit of the Lord? In you, in me. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is power. There is freedom. That's what explains all this transformation and changing the atmosphere. So it's a two-part thing. It's both the manifested, amazing, ridiculous outpouring of the glory of God him manifesting in the earth and it's His same presence manifesting in us. It's two parts. There's, there's the everyday, all the time manifestation of His Spirit and presence in us. And then there's those seasons and times of sovereign visitation and outpouring in answer to the cry of His people and in prophetic timeline in His, in His will for the, the plan in the earth. Somebody say amen to that.